1: Everything God does is on purpose and for a purpose. Determine today to pursue his purposes in your relationships. See, wherever you are in life, you can apply this. Everything God does is on purpose and for our purpose. So you just have to decide Are you're going to be intentional about His purposes.
0: Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis.
1: According to Scripture, godly character is formed in the image of Christ. Remember, we're created in God's image. Therefore, if you want to be with a person of character, you must choose to be with someone who has a relationship with Christ. Part of the Christ follower, there is no wisdom in in what sometimes in youth group we used to call missionary dating. I know they're not a Christ follower. I know they're not a Christian. But I'm going to influence them. I'm going to bring them along. I am so thankful that by God's sovereignty and by His grace, I have seen that happen. I've seen someone get into a relationship and a spouse later in life comes to know Christ and praise Jesus for that. But I can tell you countless times that has not happened. Ladies, if a guy is not a man after God's heart, he has no business going after yours. So so by the way, you're going to hear this again and again throughout this series and even today, but so how do I have God's heart? Well, first, I've got to understand that I don't, (laughs) that I'm a sinner, that my heart is darkened by the stain of sin. And that's not just because of what I've done. It's because of who I am. We're born that way. But God doesn't want me to stay that way, and that's why Jesus died on the cross. And his death paid the punishment, the price for my sin. And as a result, gives me the opportunity to receive forgiveness and grace. And if I'll just trust in what he's done, not depending on what I do, if I look to him, not just keep looking to myself as the boss of my life, if I yield control to him, I, I, I become his child, and I begin to be transformed into his image. The Bible says if, if, if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. All the old things are passed away, all things are new. Be attracted to someone that's experienced that. And, and there's some practical ways to, to make sure you're doing that. Uh, someone, I think Andy Stanley's, who I heard it say first we should desire to become the one we want to be with. So, what's interesting, and I see this even in couples that have been married a long time. You've got this picture of what you think a spouse should look like, but then in your life, you you're not striving for those same things. You're, you're not striving to to love the way that you want to be loved. And the reason this is important, if you're unmarried, is because usually we attract what we're fishing for, right? I'm looking at my friend Mike and my my friend Russ over here. I mean, I, there's a lot of fishermen in the audience today. And usually, I'm not one, at least not a good one, but usually I do know this. You're going to use bait to get a particular kind of fish, and you usually catch, usually, what you're trying to attract. So let me just give you some practical tools. Throughout this series, I'm going to give you a lot of lists like this. We're going to try to find a way to to put these lists on our website or on our app so that you can have them. So if I were sitting there today and you want these, if they're practical, um, I, I would probably just take my cell phone like a lot of you have even been doing today and just take a shot of the screen because I'm going to go through these real quickly. But let me just give you some practical things to do. First, learn to be sensitive to what the other person is thinking or feeling. This is just a good relational tool, right? It's not all about me. I want to be sensitive to what's going on in your life. Second, develop common interest. So if I'm unmarried particularly, I want to look for people who have those similar interests to me. And if I am feeling attracted to someone, I want to see if, if I can develop the interest that they have. And I want to start with spiritual things, of course. Be comfortable doing nothing together. Because there are going to be moments you have nothing to do. So don't don't let everything be about entertainment. If there's not something entertainment, are you still comfortable around? Seek to be interesting and desirable. Improve yourself. Learn new things. Grow. Watch out for the danger zones. In any relationships, even healthy ones, you're going to learn, there's some ground I should not tread on. There's some things I should not say. There's a past I might not want to bring up. Learn to be a listener. We'll probably hear that over and over again. And then just stay teachable. Stay teachable. Understand that your passions can be guided and guarded, and you can grow as you go forward. Now, before I get to this next session, I just want to remind you of what verse 4 says. This is the friends. And basically, what do they say in verse 4? Yeah. You made a good choice. You have people in your little corner of the world. If you ask them, that will tell you what they think about the relationship you're in or considering. If it's wise and good godly counsel, you should listen. I can't tell you how often I come in contact with people and they end up in a relationship they should have never been in because mom and dad, their church friends, people all around them were saying, hey, y'all not right for each other. you are on different paths. So her friends confirmed, hey, this is a good thing. Look at verse 5, it continues, I'm very dark but lovely, this is Shulamite still talking, O daughters of Jerusalem, like the tents of Kadar, like the curtains of Solomon, do not gaze upon me because I'm dark because the sun has looked upon me. Now, Middle Eastern, Middle Eastern Oriental women, skin was very, very important to them. So the care of skin, even to this day, is very important. Just go to a mall, and those people that want to rub something on your eyes, you know where most of them are from? Israel. Because there's some kind of dead sea salts in this product that they're giving. You go to Israel, and I invite you to do that with me later this year. You go to Israel, you'll find that on every corner you can find something with Dead Sea salts in it because there's a great concern for the care of skin. So she's saying right here, I don't like my skin. I I don't like the way things have done. I'm damaged by the sun. I've got a tan, and that's not in. That's not okay. And then she tells us why. My mother's sons, who's that? Her brother's. So we see, about to see, she experienced some level of abuse right here. My mother's sons were angry with me and they made me keep her the vineyards, but my own vineyard I've not kept. So in other words, my, my brothers made me stay outside and do the work and I wasn't even able to take care of myself. Tell me, you whom my soul loves, where you pasture your flock, where you make it lie down at noon. For why should I be like one who veils herself beside the flocks of your companions? In other words, I don't know where you are, Solomon. Tell me where you, I miss you. Oh, this is a love note, right? I miss you. Your absence is making me want you more. I don't like it when we're apart from each other. And then Solomon responds, If you do not know, O most beautiful among women, follow in the tracks of the flock and pasture your young goats beside the sherds. The shepherd's tents. Now, this is why some of you have never gotten into Song of Solomon because you can't get past all the goats and the mountains and everything. You just don't understand it. So, I'm here to try to help you understand this. Have you ever heard the statement, We're all the way we are for a reason? It's the reality that the people around you have baggage, and so do you. So, we come into a relationship. In the context of our families of origin and of all that we've been through. And we're just like those people walking through Tampa International Airport, we've got baggage. And if we ignore that baggage, we're going to trip over it all throughout a, a marriage and a relationship. If we recognize the baggage, we can deal with it. What is some of Shulamite's baggage? Well, she doesn't like the way she looks and she doesn't like the way she feels when he's not around. So what's the answer? The one that she loves has to be purposeful in how he loves her. If I want a healthy relationship, I've got to learn to be purposeful. And this gives us that second general statement. Everything God does is on purpose and for a purpose. Determine today to pursue his purposes in your relationships. See, wherever you are in life, you can apply this. Everything God does is on purpose and for a purpose. So you just have to decide are you going to be intentional about his purposes. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now, we continue with our message. Now, this week, I heard an intentional love story. And I thought, I got to share that with my friends. So would you do me a favor? Would you welcome my friends, Mike and Julia Saxel. Would you welcome them as they come on today? Now, if I would have just, come on over here, guys. If I would have even just prayed about it more and thought, who could I possibly interview? I could not have come up with a couple with a better name to interview for this series than the Sexals. I mean, that's awesome. <laughs> Thank you, guys, for uh, agreeing to be here. We, we've talked uh, about a couple of questions. How long have you all known each other? 27 years. That's awesome. But now this is interesting. Mike, man of God, how old were you when you knew that Julia was the one for you?
0: I was 10 years old. Excuse me? 10 years old.
1: 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> and did you let her know this?
0: I did. The first time I met her was in uh, 1993. I walked up to her. I didn't know her out of her, I said, hey, you're going to be my wife one day, <laughs> and then she just uh, just ran away going to her dad.
1: <laughs> well, I kind of said the same thing when I met Kimberly, but A, it was not to her face, <laughs> and uh, B, I was much, much older, but uh, wow, wow, and so then through the years, obviously you guys connected, and you, you dated some. Yes. Um, when did y'all start kind of dating? Not at 10 and 8, I'm, I'm sure, <laughs> but. Uh, no, we uh, stayed at the same church uh, over the years. We began to date, I think when we were uh, 17 and she was 15 and we started dating. Okay, okay. And then as y'all were dating, Julia, you can jump in on this. What, what's, were there any things that Mike did that just attracted you more to him that you felt like, he's doing this, he's trying to get me. He's being purposeful. He's being intentional in this process.
0: Um, I know the first thing that attracted me to him, of course, um, was his looks because he did look good. And he still looks good. What a man, what a man, what a man. That's right. Um, But honestly, the first thing that, uh, apart from the the physical attraction, the thing that really attracted me to him was just his patience and his gentleness and his meekness. Um, That was was one of the things that did attract me to him.
1: I I do a lot, a lot of premarital counseling. And I can't... (laughs) You, when I ask that question to everybody that sits in my office, and I can't tell you how often it goes almost exactly, just different words, but what you just said. Almost always, the, almost word for word, the woman says, looks at him and then says, well, of course his looks. <laughs> They're not all as completely affirming as you were. <laughs> but, but then they say things that most of us guys aren't thinking. They say things like patience, just that tenderness, that compassion. Mike, what about you? So you knew when you were 10 years old, but uh, then in your teenage years, Julia began to to do things that attracted you. What were some of those things?
0: Uh, The most important thing for me was her passion for Christ. I was not a believer. I became a believer when I was 23, but she became a believer at 11. And I loved the passion that she had for Christ and to share the gospel.
1: Uh, That's what attracted me to her. Yeah. That's awesome and interesting. So you, you you were not a Christ follower, but you were in church. I you were was connected in church. In church. And yes. just a reminder again, there are folks here today that are not bad people. They're, they're just they have not made that commitment to make a relationship with Christ, and that changes everything. Well, here's the big question: How long have y'all been married now?
0: Uh, this year will make it eleven years.
1: Eleven years. Let's give them a hand. That's awesome. <laughs> and then here's the money question. So everything, now that you're married, everything's perfect, no problems, never having difficulties. Is that right? Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. <laughs> well, and that's why it's important as a church to take time and to dig into God's word and to see how we can live on purpose for his glory. Do me a favor. Say thank you again to Mike and Julia. Thank you, guys. So what did Solomon do to purposefully love Shulamite? It says in verse 8, If you do not know, O most beautiful among women, follow the tracks of the flock and the pasture your young goats beside the shepherd's tent. He addresses her concerns. Hey, let me give you a general statement. The people you love grow in value when they see their worth through your eyes. Did you get that? People in your little corner of the world, they're going to see their value through your eyes. When that is a positive thing, it grows them in value. So learn to to compliment. Learn to give confidence. What did he do? He addressed her her needs. He told her she, she felt ugly. He told her she was beautiful. She missed him. He told her where to find him. Learn to compliment and give confidence. I'm not going to spend any time on this right now. But one way you can be purposeful is to love how the people you love, love to be loved. And years ago, Gary Chapman wrote this little book called Five Love Languages. Let me just pop these languages up there for you. These these express different ways that we feel loved. So some people feel loved when when we hear words of affirmation. Others feel love when we receive gifts. Others feel love when we have acts of service done for us. Others feel love when we just hang out. You can't spell love any better than T-I-M-E. And and others feel love by physical touch. And, And 25 years of counseling, most couples don't feel love the same way. Can I just tell you something? Shameless plug that I get no benefit from. Lifeway stores, there are two in our area, will give you this book for free if you purchase anything else in the store over the next three or four days. I think it begins tomorrow through the end of the week. They'll give you this book on the five love languages for free. That's where I got this one. So take advantage of that. Be purposeful. Let me move on. Let's get very practical and specific in this last section. Look at verse 9. I compare you, my love, to a mare among Pharaoh's chariots. Now, we're going to explain what Solomon means, but be careful about going home at lunch and saying, honey, you look like a horse. (laughs) Just be careful. Your cheeks are lovely with ornaments, your necks with strings of jewels. We will make for you ornaments of gold studded with silver. While the king was on his couch, now Shulamite's talking again, while the king was on my couch, my nard gave forth its fragrance. My beloved is to me a sachet of myrrh that lies between my breasts. My, my beloved to me is a cluster of henna, blossoms in the vineyards of Engedi. Behold, you're beautiful, my love. Behold, you're beautiful. Your eyes are doves. Hey, let me give you a general principle and let's make this real practical. The general principle is this God desires and deserves your praise. And so if your love for others is a reflection of your love for God, you will learn the power of praise. I've taught through this book right here on this place. I'm just telling you these practical principles I'm giving you are, are said in a little different way. No matter where you are in life, they apply to you. God desires, he deserves your praise. Everything around you is created in his image. So, if you're going to love others like you love God, learn the power of praise. Just like he likes to be praised, others like to be praised. And so, what does do? Solomon builds on her worth. What does he tell her? First, there is no one like you. You're the apple of my eye. We're going to talk about how some of our actions as we continue in a relationship demonstrate this, but he's saying with his lips, honey. You're the one for me, and you always will be. And then he says, There's nothing too costly for you. Anything I can do for you is what I want to do for you. And so, men, I would just ask you, particularly married men today, what are you doing to build the worth of your wife? Does your wife feel more valuable because of your investment in her life? So, let me just give you some things, real quick, again, very clearly. How do i do that i praise her tell her how good she looks tell her how what she means to you tell her how grateful you are for the things she does win her heart find out those things that make a difference in her life and then go after it just like you go after the sports or or the fishing or or the hobbies that you have serve her never more like jesus than when you're served tame your tongue watch what you say so much damage is done with the tongue, and at all cost, yes, take divorce out of your vocabulary, but also take harsh criticism out of your vocabulary. It's never, say never, it's never appropriate in a marriage. And so how does she respond? His praise makes her want him more, and she tells him. She says, I want you. Then she says, I love you. Then she says, I need you. And you can do that. There's great power in praise. Wow, this has been a lot, right? Where do we go from here? If if I'm single at any stage of life, if I'm unmarried, I want to understand that these are practical tools for every relationship in my life. I I want to control my passions. I want to live on purpose. I want to praise those around me. And they're essential if I want to be prepared, if I feel like marriage may be a part of God's plan for me. If I'm a married adult, I'm going to ask God to guide my passions, I'm going to ask Him to give me purpose. And I'm going to ask him to garner praise in me for the one that I love most. But what about that spiritual context? This is where I think it gets great, great. God made you a person of passion because you're made in his image. God's passionate about you. I want you to ask the question today. Am I passionate about God? The church, those of us who are Christians, we are called the bride of Christ. He's passionate about us. As the one married to Him, we are to be passionate about Him. God created you on purpose, for a purpose. Are your life choices reflective of His purposes in your life? Are you making choices? that are in line with his purpose. I'm not saying you have to be a missionary or, or you have to be a worship pastor or a preacher or a teacher in a Christian school, but I'm saying no matter who you are, you were created on purpose for a purpose, and as you become a child of God, the reality is that purpose is supposed to be His for his glory. As the old preachers would say, that means whether you're a butcher, a baker, a candlestick maker, whatever you do, you do for the glory of God. Finally just like those in your little corner of the world God desires your praise Are you Consciously and constantly Giving him praise In and through your life Well Who Wrote the book of love He did What we've got to decide Is are we going to Learn and listen To the word of God And love God and others like he desires
0: you've been listening to the Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis the Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement but it can't be done without your financial support